This morning we're looking at uh, the new normal, uh, what it looks like uh, for us to grow in hard places. Uh, a great a Greek philosopher said that the only constant is change. Uh, so when I say the new normal, I didn't actually expect that we would be wearing masks again inside. But what is normal if the only constant is change? Uh, let me put to you that I think normal is a romantic view of our past <laughs> that we've reflected on and idealized. Uh, we, we can often look back at a time and go, that's what normality should look like. That's my normal. And we try and craft that normal in our life. We look to that as an ideal aspiration. It might be a picture of what family life looks like. Uh, maybe it's even a picture that you've seen on TV. That's what normal life looks like. That's what I want my life to, to look like. Maybe it's you can just go about your normal routine uninterrupted. You've got things that you do every week. Your normal is that you can do the things that you want uh, when you want it. <laughs> maybe that's what normal uh, looks like for you. Uh, normality is, is an interesting thing because uh, this idea of being able to define our own normal comes from this place of, of having great freedom. I was uh, at the Botanic Gardens yesterday with the kids and Katie and we went and walked around a whole bunch of the botanic gardens. It was beautiful. And then we thought we'd go across to the shrine because it was getting a little bit warm outside and it was nice and cool in there. But it was also a good opportunity for the kids to get a little taster of history as we did a bit of a lap and gave them some pictures of a world that they have never known in their life. A world that as I look back on, I have not experienced much where freedom has been restricted. Uh, where normality is different to the normality we experience. Where when we look at history and we consider all that's happened, it's pretty hard to define a normal and keep a normal. And so that's why we can say the only, only thing constant in this world is change because normality is continually changing. And yet, if you're like me, you like to try and control your world enough that you can create your own normal uh, maybe it is that you have one space in life that you can control. In my house, uh, we used to have kids' toys everywhere. We've brought back the line a little bit because we've got an extra living space in the vicarage. And so now half of the house has kids' toys in it. And half of the house, I can control a semblance of normality as a more parents' adult half of the house. And when toys enter there, I can gradually push back the line and keep the normality on that side. Uh, my study is the next level of normal because it's my study. It's not Katie's study. It's not the kids' study. They know they can go in and borrow things, but they've got to put it back where they found it. And so I can control that environment of normality. I've got the power over that space. Um, yesterday, uh, I realized that a set of drawers that I had in there that had all the paper and pens and envelopes and things like that, I'd moved into the shared space. And then I went to go into the drawer to find the things that are normally there in the place that I put them. And I thought, hang on, they're not where they normally are. What's going on? And I may have cracked it a little bit because I couldn't find what I wanted and it was a mess. And Katie's normal was different to my normal and suddenly I couldn't control my normal. And I think we experience some of that ourselves as we go through life and relationships 
we try and control what normal looks like and we realize the more and more we go through life, the less influence we have and yet we still try and control. An interesting uh, phenomena Katie and I noticed when we first moved into this area is people in this area, so we moved from Doncaster East, which is not far, it's only 15, 20 minutes, depends who's driving, to here. And we noticed the difference in attitude of drivers on the road. Uh, within a day, I'd received two or three horns, not because I was driving badly, just because people wanted to squeeze past me, push past into a new space. Maybe I wasn't going quite fast enough. I don't drive slow. But I would hesitate to suggest maybe that there is a certain type of person that may have more money and more power that is more likely to feel entitled to get through more quickly. And so as I thought about contentment this week, I thought we've got this perfect picture of what contentment looks like happening across the news. See, contentment is knowing where you are, knowing where you need to be, and being at peace that you're not there yet. And the first thing we're talking about in terms of growth in hard places is this idea of contentment. Knowing where you are, knowing where you need to be, or where even God's called you to be, and not being there. And so the picture we saw on the news was all the people at the New South Wales border <laughs> sitting in cars. They wanted it to be across the border by a certain time, and they weren't getting there. That image of being stuck in traffic challenges us because we're not at peace with the people around us being in, way, in the way of what's in front of us, where we're wanting to go. And the difficulty of this season has been we've been in a place where we've been told we can't go or do what we want to do or where we want to go. We can't be there. And so how do we find contentment in those places? Uh, the world uh, we live in says, well, you just need to be thankful. Thankfulness is the solution. Just look around you. Look at all the different things that you have. Be thankful. So as you're sitting in traffic, uh, looking at the border of New South Wales and watching your clock as the, as the time goes on and that midnight or 12.30 a.m. cutoff approaches a little bit closer, you're not going to be thankful for all the cars that are sitting around you. You're not going to be thankful for the border blockage that's in front of you. Uh, thankfulness sometimes works to deny reality. You see, sometimes it's difficult to be thankful. So, is a thankfulness diary the solution to discontent? Maybe part of the solution. But Paul in this passage to the Philippians He's learnt what it means to be content in every circumstance. He's been in jail, he's been beaten, he's been shipwrecked. He's had to deal with overwhelming guilt of having persecuted and killed Christians of which he is now one. In every circumstance of life, up and down, whether having plenty, living in the house of Lydia, who was a maker of fine linen, to being stuck in a jail cell at the end of Philippians, he's learnt what it looks like to be content. 
See, some people will say, oh, content, you're just a really peaceful person. But contentment is something that's learned. And contentment is about our relationship, our perspective on the circumstances that we're in. What's my relationship with other people in this circumstance? Am I at peace with them? What's my relationship with the world around me? Am I at peace with where it is, even though I don't, it's not where I want it to be? What's my relationship with God in these circumstances? Am I at peace with God? And if we're at peace with people, if we're at peace with the world around us, and if we're at peace with God in that circumstance, we'll learn to be content. In, in the, the passage uh, that we've read uh, from Philippians, uh, Paul gives us really two keys. He gives us two keys that can teach us how to be content in difficult circumstances. The first key is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, the strength of a, of a Christian is not their own willpower. It's not their own muscle. It's not uh, their own discipline. The, the strength of you and I as a follower of Christ is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so as I find my Christ strength, my strength that comes from the Holy Spirit, I have what is needed for every circumstance. And Paul says, I can do all things. Not I can do literally everything, everything and be the busy person that solves all the problems of the world, but the things, the circumstances, the challenges that are in front of me, the problem that's in front of me, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes he gives us the strength that we need just to stand because that's all we can do. Sometimes he gives us the strength to support someone else as they stand and as they go through a hard time. The comfort he gives us is a comfort that is called to overflow to others. As Christ strengthens me, I can do all things. So as we hit seemingly insurmountable challenges, it's good news that they're insurmountable because we can turn to Christ who can give us strength. The one that can work in all circumstances for our good and his glory. And so the first uh, truth that we turn to is uh, in Christ, through his strength, I can do all things. The, the, th the second is a little bit further down and it's, Paul gives an encouragement to them and he looks at their circumstances and, and he looks at verse 19 and he says, And my God will meet all of my needs. My God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. My God will fully satisfy every need of yours. He's speaking to the Philippians and he's encouraged by their giving that they've been part of the provision uh, that God has for him in his time of need. But he's speaking to them in such a way but that he has a knowledge that as God has provided for his needs, so in all circumstances he will provide for their needs. How can I be content? Stuck at the border, <laughs> waiting to cross when it doesn't seem feasible that I'll get across the line in time. 
Jesus will provide for all of my needs. Now, do you have to cross the border in order for him to provide for your needs? No. Do your circumstances have to look like what you thought they should look like? No. But you can be guaranteed of this, that in your circumstances, how they are, the God who was in charge before they happened is still in charge after they've happened and can meet your needs in those circumstances. He doesn't always meet our needs in the way that we think he should. There's that little joke about the guy that's uh, drowning and God sends him a helicopter. He says, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. He sends him a lifeboat. No, I'm waiting for God to save me. And he sends him an even bigger lifeboat. No, sorry, I'm, I'm waiting for God to save me. And he reaches heaven. He says, God, why didn't you save me? And he says, well, I, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a lifeboat. I sent you a bigger lifeboat. But you, you rejected all of them. And so sometimes we, we look at the provision of, for our needs around us and we go, God, that's, that's not the way I wanted it. And God's wanting us to have the humility to not have our own view of what normality looks like. Our own entitled view of what normality looks like. But to go, Lord, in these circumstances, how are you wanting to meet my needs? How are you wanting to meet me? You see, Paul has great wisdom for us because he's learnt to follow Jesus through difficult times, through jail, through good times, on the road, through having nothing, even through having lots. And let's face it, when, when I can go out and I can buy the things that I think that meet my needs, it can put in me this little cycle of going, if I just had this, if I just had this one more thing, then I will be happy, then I will be content. But the truth is the same for us, whether we're having plenty or whether we're not having much at all. Actually, you, you need Jesus in your life and he needs to be in that center place in your life. Let, let me share with you a little, little illustration. So, a boat in a storm with nothing in it gets tossed everywhere. A boat without weight has no ballast to hold it down when the waves are moving it about. But when you put a ballast deep in the boat, the boat is able to get stability and it's not tossed and turned as much by the waves or the storms. This applies the same for us. It's the same as Christ in us. When Jesus is the deep hope of your heart, as the storms of life come, you'll be steady. You'll not be tossed to and fro by whatever comes at you. And so our encouragement uh, this morning uh, as we think about growing in hard places is learning what it means to be with Jesus in difficult places. Learning what it means to have a deep heart connection with him, a deep hope in him, a reliance on him. That's something we gather here on a Sunday to remember. That's something as we open the scriptures through the week and as we pray through the week, we remember. These acts of remembering remind our hearts of where our hope is at. So next time you're sick, do you go to the medicine cabinet first or do you go to prayer first? Next time you're worried, do you go to the one... <laughs> 
that listens to all your worried natter on the phone or do you go to God and let, let him know about your worries and your concerns and your anxieties before you talk to that person, knowing that he's the one that cares for the birds and the bees and the flowers of the field and adorns them beautifully and cares for them through all the seasons of life. Next time you're challenged by a personal relationship problem, just in simple words, bring it to the Lord, knowing that he'll meet your needs and give you the strength to be faithful to him through it. Uh, let me uh, pray for us, Lord. Lord, uh, when we're anxious, you're our peace. When we're hurting, you're our comforter. When we're lacking, you're our provider. When we've sinned, you're our righteousness. Our God, you are our strength when we are weak. You are our hope when we are hopeless. You are our light when the world grows dark. Lord, we look to you uh, knowing that as much as we may deny it at times, Lord, there is a deep need in our soul to be satisfied in you. Lead us to those waters of contentment in you, Lord, that we may find our peace in relationship with you, that we may find our peace in relationship with each other. And so, Lord, we may find a peace in this world and live as a people that have a peace that passes understanding because it's granted gracefully from the throne of your mercy. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that you're patient with us. Help us to be patient with the world around us. Teach us and help us to learn uh, to find contentedness in you. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.